Welcome to episode 24 of Where's My Sports At, your regular dose of sports talk made by the fans for the fans. On today's podcast, Where's My Sports At brings you an exclusive interview with the phenomenal former Silver Ferns captain, Katrina Rore. Tune in as Katrina explores her experiences, challenges, and triumphant moments on and off the court. Welcome to Where's My Sports At podcast. Today we're going to be interviewing Katrina Rory or Katrina Grant, who has played over 137 caps for the Silver Ferns. We're very excited about this interview. Katrina, quite a CV you've got there, mate. Welcome along and thank you so much for coming to join with us today. Oh, thank you. Sheba's been around there. Awesome career. Very, very cool. I'll take it. We're going to start off with here, Katrina. When did you first get into netball and what's your first netball memory? Okay, first was when I was probably eight or nine. My sister played, she's 18 months older than me. And if you're a younger sibling, you know exactly what it's like. You want to be just like older sister, older brother, or do whatever they do. So as soon as I knew she was playing, I'm all about it. And I jumped in there. And my earliest memory was we lived in Beachlands in Auckland and we had to go to Marae to train. And my sister and I would fight and mum would make us walk home until we stopped bickering. Yes, I feel like the early days were the best when you just kind of ran around the court for warm-up, played with your friends, passing, catching, but it was all mainly just mucking around, having a good time. You know, he's peas to a honey pot of just chasing the ball and doing whatever you wanted to do. That was cheapest. That was a a long time ago now. Chucking it around, doing the old half-court shots when you could. Yeah, the half-court shots, yeah. Yeah. Someone would always get it in every time. Eventually. Now, did you play any other sports along your journey, Katrina? I've always wondered that about you. I played, I tried to play every sport under the sun. So I played soccer or football before I played netball and I loved it. If my sister played that, I probably would have carried on with that. And then we always would do athletics and at our small primary school, mainly like rugby, but I was the only girl playing at the time. Those were back in the days when women's and girls teams weren't a thing. Yeah, I just try to do whatever was available. I'd put my hand up for it. I loved playing touch in summer, tried basketball and volleyball and all that, but Netball, netball stuck, stuck mainly. And what motivated you to pursue a career in netball? It was weird. It was from the age of 12. I think it must have been the 1999 World Cup I watched on TV and I was glued to it. I'm in like the little basement of a house and old school TV, we had to push the buttons to change the channel. This is really showing my age, isn't it? I remember watching on TV one and just like loving it, just thought it was amazing. And so from the age of 12, I made like my first rep team how Pakaranga made the under 15 side and from then I was like yep this is me this is what I want to do then yeah I don't know it's like it's stuck in my head from then and so like when did the penny drop for you when you go I can do this that's weird from 12 I was like I can definitely do this it was yeah it was weird and then I went through school and I changed high schools halfway through from my I went to Howard College to start with and then I changed over to Auckland Girls Grammar and from there is when I made, we were up to like New Zealand secondary schools and made New Zealand under 21s and it just kind of escalated from there, fortunately. And do you remember the first time there where you've gone, I've cracked it, or the first time you've made a team there that was the most meaningful to you? Do you remember that first conversation that you've made the team? It's weird. I remember the first conversation of when I made New Zealand secondary schools. I remember the first conversation of making New Zealand under 21s. Like I was at school and our sports coordinator came up to me and was like, to Tiara Hakinen, who was a coach at the time, was on the telephone for you to say you've made the New Zealand 21 squad. So even that 
remembering that from school and then definitely remember when I first made the ferns. Like I was living in Dunedin at the time studying and I'd just gone to a ferns camp and I was on the shuttle on the way back from the airport to Dunedin town, which is about a 25-minute drive. No one knows it, it's a pain. And Ruth Aiken rings me up and said, you know, you've made the team for the first time. And, you know, myself and the shuttle driver had our own little, you know, dance party in the, in the shuttle. So it's it's a kind of, it's awesome how you remember such, obviously the big moments, if you remember them when you get old like me. And do you remember your first test appearance for the Silver Ferns and how that felt for you? Yep, definitely. It's, I remember it was against Australia. It was in 2008 and I... Well, why Tamanu was the assistant coach at the time, and she came into my room and told me I was going to start at goal defence, and I was shutting myself, but it was awesome. Like, I got the opportunity, ran on. Yeah, again, it's crazy how you remember the exact time and where you were and how you were placed and everything of even when you're getting a starting spot or, yeah, on the debut as well. Right, right. And when you first got made captain of the Silver Ferns, for you like you've gone through done all the hard yakka made the provincial teams made the national teams and then now you're captain of the silver ferns like what was that like that must have been such an honor yeah it was a bit yeah it was it was a weird honor because i you know when asked me like oh are you sure you know it's just not really i don't really know how to put it yeah don't even know if you're made for that type of thing or if you're not or if you grow into it or if you learn how to, do, oh, you just don't even really realize. I was fortunate enough to be a vice captain for a few times before that, being captain of the pulse. So I kind of had some grasp on how to do it. But I feel like when you get to that level, being a captain isn't really, um, you know, you share the role a lot. It's you kind of just the, I suppose, the face of it rather than um, really stamping your mark as the leader, probably just a face of the team or a face of a pinnacle event of fronting the media type thing. But it was definitely my time as captain was, wasn't the rosiest time with the Commonwealth Games in 2018 when we didn't medal. So it's, yeah, it's definitely a difficult time when it's not as successful as you would hope it to be. It was still a massive privilege to be able to do that. And I learned so much about myself and the team and how things are, are run and how, many, how much goes on behind the scenes of teams and sports organisations than what you ever think of as just like a you know, a newbie coming in and being a player. Yeah, so tell me about that with the behind the scenes side of things. Like how how does it work? That that's one one thing I've always wondered, you know, like you get kit bag, it just turns up, you got people running Phony. around and just driving you around, all that sort of stuff. Is it as fancy as it seems on TV or is it, you know, a lot of hard work goes into it? It's definitely not as fancy as it seems, but it is fun. Like, don't get me wrong, it's awesome. But it, it's, it's a lot of hard work and it's, um, you know, a lot of time in hotels, a lot of time in buses and shuttles to and from training venues, to and from airports, um, hotels, like, you know, driving from there constantly in the morning, the afternoon and at night time. But it's great. But again, as captain, there's a lot more meetings, a lot more phone calls, a lot more kind of discussions before and after tours, a lot more interviews, <laughs> a bucket load more interviews, a lot more pressure. But it's, it's, it's great. Like it's. Oh, as an experience for sure. And I wasn't, there's no way I would take it back. Yeah. I, I always found when watching you play, Katrina, I felt you thrived in a leadership role. I've, I've learned along the way of like a leadership style and, and who I am. And I think at the beginning, when I first became captain of the Pulse, I was quite young. 
working with older players in the side who are already, you know, established leaders in their own right. I think I found that difficult to understand what I was and what kind of leader I was going to be compared to say them and what they needed or what they wanted. It was, that was, I found I struggled on that, but the more you're thrown into those environments and those situations, the more the real you is going to show up and start to come through and you understand yourself better as well. So definitely a lot of mistakes, a lot of learnings, a lot of good times. But yeah, I definitely, I think the older I got and the more I was more comfortable in my skin and who I was, yeah, I enjoyed being me and and thriving off being a competitor and yeah. and just and just wanting to win. And did you find because I've always been interested there with like managing your body over that time? Did you find there that your training methods changed? You became a lot more focused on on some things more than others, fitness wise. Because I've always seen when watching the Australians, all of a sudden our fitness isn't quite there. Then next time we go and play them, all of a sudden our fitness is there and then some. How's that to manage? Yeah, it's, it's huge. It's Again, it's a, it's a learning curve from when you're you know, first in your career to kind of getting a little bit older, being around a little bit longer, understanding what your body needs individually as well as what your body needs for the team. And I think, you know, you get a, a training age and you understand how much training you have and how much time you can actually take off. Like you can't have two weeks of absolutely nothing because it's going to be a pain in the ass to come back. So yeah, fitness is, is huge and everyone is a very individual, especially women in times of the month, in times of the year and what you need and shapes, sizes, ethnicity, all of that. We're all so very different in the gym and on the track. So it's, it's good that things are starting to get individualized and really understanding what you, what you need for yourself. Because I remember when I first came in, I was not fit. I didn't look athletic, none of that. So I, I loved it so much. So when I went out and was kind of resourceful in what I needed which I think helped me take my game to the next level. Wicked. And so what sort of things did you do individually? Because, you know, they talk about extras mm. in sports. What sort of extras did you do? Yeah, I, I did extra running a lot, but I had to I had to do it smartly. I tried to do it early on in my career and I'll get stress fractures in my feet. So I, I think the main part was when I got dropped in the ferns and I went away and I had a bit of a break and then I got into like CrossFit. And I felt that was really good for my body as it wasn't just straight pounding the pavements. It was more in training for your whole body or more like, I don't know how to explain it, of just pushing your muscles to the, to the next level and more upper body work, potentially like shoulder work, which we don't really focus too much on and movement, like full body movements. And I, that helped me a lot and become a lot more athletic and been able to sustain the game of netball, where if you go for a run and you play netball, it's not the same. You know, netball stop, start, very anaerobic. So that's the kind of thing you need to do to train. It's very cool. It's something I've always wanted to know, eh? Just hitting those levels. Thank you, Katrina. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> um, so going over and playing a season in Australia, I've, I've mm. always been interested to hear about that. How did you find that in terms of a culture shift? I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I was, I was, I was gutted that I didn't get a whole, because it was after the World Cup. So I came in for the last eight weeks. So I didn't get the full season, the full pre-season, but I absolutely loved it. If I hadn't already signed for the Pulse the year after, I would have stayed. Definitely would have stayed. They're the, so very professional. They've got their own setups. For example, playing for the Pulse, we have a great setup there. And with the, there's a sports center right by the airport where it's where our bases, where our offices are, and where the courts are, where our gym is. And that's huge just to have that for the Pulse. But say in, in Aussie, you've got your own change room you've got your own locker you've got your own hot colds 
you have, the, you know, the offices are there, the courts are there, the gym is there, everything you need. So just that little bit, they just have that little bit more. They've got more money. And I just, you just found it was like a, a profession, like every day you're turned up to work and all your stuff is there. You know, that's your office, that's your locker room, everything you need is there. So instead, like we're in NZ, it's more a community center where it's shared. So you can't just go in and use it whenever you want. And I loved the coach and the management. Yeah, really, and just really enjoyed my time. I feel like they were the perfect team for me to go into as they were very similar to the Pulse with their culture and how they worked and how they're about the whole player. And I think that's probably why they were so successful. That's cool. That's cool. It must have been really difficult, you know, thinking about a Kiwi going over and, and doing that, but you, you did it admirably and very well. Um, it leads me into the next question I've got here, like becoming a mum. Mm. So, you know, it's one of those life-changing moments when you become a parent in life. And how have you found that with managing be being a professional athlete? Well, I haven't done it very well, to be honest, because I potentially have not become a professional athlete again since I tried, but then I got pregnant again. So having Lilybird, I had her in 2021, was, yeah, like you say, life-changing. All of a sudden, it's not about you, it's about this little being that's you've created which was amazing and it it was cool very hard to come back from no doubt I thought you know jump back into training I'm used to being fit and I was like wow that's not fit anymore so I had to do a lot of hard work and I was fortunate that the magic moving from Mountain to Rotorua magic gave me a contract and worked really hard pre-season and enjoyed it in a different environment different yeah people players training everything and then yeah, got pregnant with Lola. So I didn't, I got a whole preseason in, but didn't get to start the season, which, you know, obviously I don't regret because I have another beautiful daughter and I haven't come back since. Oh, that's, that's cool. Like it's, it is such a cool thing becoming a parent and, mm. you know, you'll be able, able to share your experiences with them in the yes. coming years. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, we're going to have a couple of future athletes, I think. Or you never know. They one one looks like she could, you know, definitely play rugby, but who knows what the other one's gonna do. Well, hopefully then you know, the amount of money that goes in starts leveling out. That'd be really good to see in the in the yeah. coming years. Yeah, it would be. It would be. I've actually been seeing as well. There's like the pathway for New Zealand netball is it's it's pretty good. But as you can see with sevens, I think their pathway gets better, like have a development side and can really have their pathways from young coming into the NZ7 side, I think that's going to take off because I think if sevens was around when I was at school, I would have absolutely loved it. Yeah, chasing that gold medal, and it brings mm. me into the Commonwealth Games side of things as well. Chasing that medal, is that, if that was in the Olympics, you'd jump at the chance? Oh, yeah, definitely. Olympics would be, I think that's also why hockey like and the sevens and that are in the Olympics. It's definitely a huge draw card for a lot of people com games is amazing like far out that's cool too but olympics is obviously that next level up with the commonwealth games the the commonwealth games village and that sort of thing what's the atmosphere like there because i've always wanted to know what goes on behind the scenes it's it's cool so i've been to went to delhi was my first one in 2010 which we won which was flipping awesome hugely different to going to Glasgow four years later and then to the Gold Coast four years after that. So it just seemed to, like India wasn't quite complete. You know, the village, there was a few buildings still not done and you went, you didn't really want to eat everything in the dining room. You weren't sort of going to get sick. So you had to be very careful there, shipped a whole lot of stuff over. Weren't really allowed to leave the village. 
and those kinds of things. And in Glasgow was was they did that really well. Thoroughly enjoyed that. It's just a huge buzz, you know, you've seen athletes everywhere you look from all walks of life. And that's yeah, that was cool. And then obviously Gold Coast being close to home, having a pinnacle event there when your family and friends can come over, visit you at the village and play there as well is yeah, it's that's freaking awesome and three totally different experiences. And who was your favorite athlete to see there in person? Who, Usain like, Bolt. Around? Usain yeah. Bolt. He was going down, we had a few injuries in Glasgow, which was unfortunate. So we always took the back road because we had to wheel them on trolleys and all that kind of jazz just to get into the bus to get to games. And he was always take that route because he didn't want to be seen. So we were fortunate enough to bump into him. I asked him for a photo. He was obviously very, not overly excited because he's always getting asked for photos, but he was nice enough to give our whole team a photo, which, yeah, impress the fastest man ever, right? So not bad. That's, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, was was he like real, was he real nice as well? I've always wondered He was about. nice, but real, you know, smart ass as well because he knows he's the man. <laughs> yeah. So he's like, I take a photo, I'm going to go now. Yeah, I'll. And then challenge her to a race and go, ah, oh, I'm going to win. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's us. We had wheelchairs, so it would be sweet. Yeah. Looking back over your career, what do you think there was your biggest challenge that you've had personally? With I definitely would have been the Gold Coast. So from Com Games, I'm going in there as captain, not meddling, just a bit of a shambles all round with losing to Malawi and pool play, which we'd never done before. I had a big blow up on, you know, national television crying. <laughs> and then I, we came back and then like a tour later, I got dropped. So, you know, that 2018 year for me was really, was difficult. Probably not even realizing how mentally draining that all was on me and not really understanding what I was going through and how to get myself out of it. So that was a challenging year and needed a lot of support to get through that. Didn't get a huge amount probably from the environment I should have got it from, but I was lucky that I had an external environment that helped me a lot through that and then it turned into a positive 2019. So fortunate to get through it and come out the other side and make amends. And one thing I just want to say on that with the Com Games, Katrina, like where I, I know there that it was it was hard for you to go on national TV straight after the game because you're such a competitor. And I just want to say like from a fan's perspective, Seeing someone there that put everything into a game, that it was massive as a, mm. as a sports fan. So I just want to commend you for doing that because that just shows how much it meant to you and how much it mm. meant to the team. Don't ever think there that people were making fun of you because of it. Really want to support you because we know how hard you battle. Thank you. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't think also people realize like at a pinnacle event, the amount of stress you're actually um put under constantly through the whole, you know, so many games and so many days. Um, I ended up by the end of, by the end of com games, I think I'd lost four or five kilos from just from this year. I didn't really probably realize that I was quite anxious and the amount that was going on behind the scenes of what was happening and with the performances and what ended up happening. You just don't even realize that sometimes you potentially, because in the village as well, it's probably probably a couple of k's to the bus so you're constantly walking you're potentially not eating enough because you have to go into the dining hall to get food you know so fueling your body everything like that is all just piles up on you as well so when you and then <laughs> then you lose a game you go straight on national television you know how emotions get so high as well so yeah a lot of factors put in into yeah. one it's not ideal all the time <laughs> 
Yeah. And like on that, do you find, because we, we were talking in our group, we we're thinking there, like, do you find there that it's okay for re- reporters and things to come up and ask you at half time? Like when you're, when you're blowing every, yeah. everything on the court, you've got as hard as you can. And I know there that with yourself as an athlete, you're going 110%. You're not going 50% or 40%. The average person like me would go. Do you find that that's hard to get interviewed straight after you've just put everything in? It is It is hard to process what has just happened and try and put it into words straight away. That's especially because you're dehydrated. You're, you know what I mean? Like you've just exerted so much energy. Your heart rate is still fairly high. You're still half the time puffing, sweating. So to put into words of what has just happened. So when they ask tactical questions, it's like, can you please not? Because I can't remember. Sometimes I ask you who's, I think I remember one time I got asked who was the best on court. And I was like, flip, I have no idea. I threw a name out there. And someone's like, I think she played about five minutes. I'm like, see, that's what I mean. I wasn't wasn't paying attention because you just don't even. But again, Sky, for example, Sky Television, they they pay the wages. So they, if that's what they want, if we want to still get paid, if it's a professional sport, it's one of those things where you need to do a bit of give and take as well. So the audience wants to see that. So you're going to, you want to give them as much as you can and you try and give them as much as you, as you can, even though sometimes it's probably not enough. And sometimes you just cannot be asked, asked like answering questions or dealing with the public or anything. But you have to remember that people are going to remember that no matter how you feel. So it's it's one of those things. You just you're a professional athlete. Deal with it. <laughs> yeah, I always wonder whether the, if they give you like a little oxygen mask afterwards, you just oh, have yeah. a quick flow and go. Yep, I'm good. Yeah. yeah, that'd be nice. Even just to even give you time to have I know some water. Even is just to get your breath to do something is is definitely important. Who's been your favourite teammate to play with? Oh yeah, that's hard. I know. I've got a good one. That's hard. Like it's, I've I've had a lot of fun with teammates. Oh. Like there's just teammates that you'd always have in your team. For example, like Zahungaro Salbi Ricketts, you'd have her in your team. Sully Fitzpatrick, you'd always have her in your team. Like those types of people are just amazing team people. The best combination I probably had on court was Katie Kopua. Her and I love playing with her. She was just awesome to play with. I've got great friends like Bailey Mez and Claire Kirsten over the last few years awesome people to play with I've really I just have had so much fun with so many different players like Catherine Lato is probably one of the funniest people you have in your team as well yeah that's a hard one just I've come across such great people though throughout my career I'm very fortunate Laura Langman you can't go past her she's a she's a character in her own right so there's a lot of lot of people like Jodie Brown and and also I love I've got good friends with managers along along the way like Esther Melbourne who's the Saw Ferns manager has been the manager most of my career, like now she's a good friend of mine. You know, it's just, yeah, there's lots of people around that you, you love. And I love going to Sydney and having those Aussie girls like Paige Hadley and stuff as wingmen, you play against them and then you're all of a sudden your friend and teammate. So yeah, that was off the top of my head. Obviously great That's people with the first people that come to mind. What advice would you give to aspiring netball players out? Probably to always try and have fun with it because I feel like once you lose the fun and lose the passion and lose the the reason you play, it gets boring and becomes a job. And you need to enjoy the people you're playing with. You need to, you know, you need to enjoy the coaching side of it. You need to enjoy most of it to be able to want to do it, to be able to perform. Like if you don't enjoy it, you're not going to perform very well, are you? So, yeah, as long as you keep some sort of fun in there, 
yeah, that's, that's a huge one for me because as soon as I lost the fun, I didn't want to be there anymore. And as soon as I get the joy back, then it's cool. That's awesome advice. And I'm sure lots of young ones out there hearing that will be going, wicked. Keep it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have plans. Yeah. Can't, can't lose sight of that. Now you've finished playing professional netball, what are your future plans and what are you doing now? Mum. Mum life. At the moment, yeah, probably going to, I haven't really set in stone exactly what our future life looks like right now. I'm just enjoying the moment, enjoying my young girls, looking after them. Yeah, maybe come back to me in about six months to a year's time and I'll potentially have some answers for you. Yeah, I'm just being a mum right now. It's, it's good. Well, hope, it's nice, hope, it's a nice change. If we get big enough, Katrina, we'll, we'll go, hey, come join yeah, yeah, us. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll interview you on for you guys. <laughs> yeah. I'll be like six months old. I'll be like, hey, you know how I, how I said you okay? Dean, so, it's us. Give me something. Yeah. Well, last question. Have you ever been interested in coaching? No. Oh, I haven't been interested in like coaching the team fully, completely being in charge of the whole, um, like everybody, you know, all ends, the whole lot. But like, I would love to do specialist coaching, for example, like the defensive end. That's what I know. Because I wouldn't even try and coach a full team on how to shoot and how to, all that jazz. That's way over my head. But the defense end is, is what I love and what I enjoy. And I think also defenders have a, we've got a different mindset. You're not a defender when you meet one, I, I think, anyways. I feel like yeah, you're on the same page and you understand what it's like to be a defender. So, yeah, that's, that's probably what I would love to do. That's very cool. That's very cool. So um, that ends our interview portion, Katrina. So Cool. Thank you so much for coming along. Really appreciate your time. And I know there that for me, it's one of those dreams come true to get to interview yourself. If you enjoyed this podcast, remember to give us a follow and rate our show. We welcome your comments and feedbacks for our podcast on our Instagram page. Where's underscore my underscore sports underscore at underscore podcast. You can now also enjoy our podcast on YouTube. Cheers.